Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Ghoul Geek Keith film pick of the week from 1988, Necromantic, directed by Jörg Bugret. So, it's German, and <laughs> we're going to be talking about it later on in the show. Um, all fun stuff ahead. <laughs> and as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful the Gorgia Keith, guten Tag. Oh, guten Tag. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, good. Hello. I'm, Hello, I'm, yeah. so nec- I'm so necromantic today. I'm ready for the sex <laughs> with the bodies. Ooh. <laughs> so good to see you. Love the dead bodies. It's always good. Yeah, sex with dead bodies. Very good. Big in German. Yeah. Number yeah, one. Big. Number one. So big. <laughs> uh, welcome to Talking Terror Project. We're here for the wonder sex with the dead. Yeah. Wonder sex for my Vina. <laughs> with the dead, my wonder schnitzel. And me so Remember. Yeah. Just remember. The... The vendor sex, we will not stop unless you say the safe word. <laughs> of course, as you can tell, we are joined by Psychotic Simeon himself, the Prince of Amor's Day. Yes, get funky with it, monkey. Oh, yes, oh, brothers and sisters of all. Oh, it is Wednesday night, so it must be talking terror time, baby. Your favorite time of the week when we, your eerie MCs, are coming in your ears and other places, too, with the latest horror news and movie reviews, which is why we are the number one horror review radio show that is always available to you, baby, for free on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes. You just remember to share the love and make sure that you you and all of your friends follow Talking Terror on both Facebook and Instagram, what? baby. What's up, right, family? <laughs> Hello, monkey. Hi, monkey. Hello. Hello, Hello monkey. Hello. Hello. Hello, greedy. Jello. We love you. We love you, monkey. Number one monkey in all of Germany. Number one. Can't be me. <laughs> Uh, number one new monkey. <laughs> number one sex monkey in all the Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for four monkey. Dance monkey, dance. <laughs> dance for us, monkey, dance. Yeah, look at the sexy what? dance he does. 
Everyone always says he doesn't want to sexy dance. I can't know it doesn't know me. It's always just a sexy monkey. I'm a, I, he I does a sexy dance too. for you, cha la la, cha la la. He does a sexy dance for you, cha la 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 la. Yay, monkey! All the euros for you. We love you, monkey. Mwah, mwah. Number one, sex monkey. So this is all to you. put the Oh, of course. That's what we do on Talking There. And as always, we are joined by the very astute, very educated, very opinionated, demonic being himself. Little come on. Good and talk. Well, it's not, it's not always, uh, but my attendance uh, has been better as compared to years past. Yeah. Uh, but the mm-hmm. streak will, unfortunately, uh, come to an end, as I said earlier, next week. But I'm, I will not be on the show next week. But... I am here for tonight and uh, ready to to talk about tonight's pick because because love love is in the air, love is in oh the air. yeah it is tonight tonight here tonight <laughs> we're gonna have David Hasselhoff showing up any minute now to start singing <laughs> oh shit it's that dead body right <laughs> did somebody call but David he will not Hasselhoff? But he will not be here with his trident. No, this time he's gonna have his light-up jacket as he, like he did at the Berlin Wall. <laughs> that was a hot jacket. I think every time you say the word Germany, he just appears out of nowhere. You're just like, man, you're thinking about Germany. All of a sudden, David Hasselhoff is like, hey, did somebody call David Hasselhoff? No. Okay, well, you said the word Germany. That means I'm required to show up wherever you are. Oh, that's fun. Don't be over here for me, guys. Ready to sing. No, we're good. Did you bring John Johnson? Because I want to hear heartbeat again. Nope. Not John Johnson is not with me tonight. So we'll take your ass back. That's almost so I can kill with like <clears throat> We knew he could sing. Wow. Double threat. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we'll, we'll see if Hasselhoff makes it tonight. Um, <laughs> sure. And he's available. I'm sure he's not busy. Laying on the floor in a cheeseburger somewhere. Especially tomorrow. In the shower. Why are you filming this? Telling his kid that she's a fat pig. Oh, no, that was, uh, I'm sorry. That, 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 was, that was, was the other one. That, that, that was Alec Baldwin, yes. Yeah, he called his daughter a fat pig over the phone. Classy. <laughs> no. Hasselhoff just got filmed by his daughter. He's like, stop filming me. I'm just going to eat this hamburger off the floor because I'm drunk. Get your hat Okay. <laughs> but I love four burgers. They taste better down here. I love fur burgers. <laughs> oh, fur burgers are the best. Serve them up. Hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Put it on a bun. Give it to me, honey. Yeah, love them. Um, but before we get into horror news tonight, do uh, Monkey, Ghoul, have anything you want to talk about before we get into it with the Dean? Yeah, do you? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I just wanted to, just wanted to say. Monkey's um, got some shit, bro. So take that, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I got some stuff. I'm going to get it off my chest, damn it. No, uh, I, yeah, I don't know if anyone do else it. has had Talk a chance to, to check. 
<laughs> don't know if anyone else has had a chance to check it out or anything like that, but uh, here, here at our place, the Evil Air, we got to check out Twisted Metal, and I just wanted to say yeah. it was really fun. I really enjoyed it, and, you know, just good, fun watch. I'm going to leave it at that, but, yeah, it, I, I was just very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I was not expecting to have this much fun with, with the show, so, yeah. You know, definitely a good, fun watch. Yeah, I'm in episode six, so halfway through. Almost done. I know the ghoul, you said you watched it too, right? You watched at least an episode or two? I mean, yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm like stuck on like the second episode or so. And you know what it is, is we had other shows to catch up on. Work finally slowed down because, you know, it's not a thousand degrees outside anymore, but we're still playing catch up. And uh, so, yeah, between oh, yeah. that and, and the other series... You know, we are we are catching up on things, and, you know, we are finding, too, that the, the latest season of Love Island uh, uh, for the Americans, no less, is actually Drop, there you go. Dropped on Peacock. New uh, episode yeah, every yeah. day, except hump day. On Peacock, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's a good time, you know, so we are, we are enjoying them. The able, it's always dropping on the cock, man. I love the cock. <laughs> Drop it like it's yep. cock. Drop it like it's cock. Drop it like it's cock. <laughs> I only meant the yeah, cock. So and... Oh, cock up, Evie. We all do that. But um, yeah. So Twisted Metal and also Harley Quinn season four, which is very fucking good. I mean, I, it's dropping weekly now, so it's like, all right, now I got to fucking one weekly. But yeah, I'm all caught up with the season four Harley Quinn. Fucking just fantastic. <laughs> I never wanted to end. You know, just it's. Still funny. Still gets me every time with Bane and all those characters. Especially Harley Quinn. Burn! <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to do evil. <laughs> just asking Poison Ivy for bombs and he doesn't have a reason. like, I have no reason. Just oil drums. <laughs> okay. See what happens with him in the, the sea. But, so, yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, yeah, Ghoul and uh, Monkey. Yeah, it's only, I think, five episodes out so far. So, pretty good to nice. Yeah. I think I still need to, to do uh, season three still, so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you got a whole season yeah, to I, catch up on. No, I, yeah, I fell well well behind on it, man, unfortunately. So, okay. Well, um, uh, Ghoul and Monkey, did you guys have a chance to check out the Exorcist of the Believer trailer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, yes, I uh, did. The thing that I saw it. Yeah, Dean and I watched it. We checked it out. We talked about it briefly. Uh, but you guys, now that you caught it, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Monkey. Tell them what you think. Ah. <laughs> yeah, so, I just went on. Show them what you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's the trailer, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's not really doing anything for me. It's, it's just... Because most of what we saw in the trailer was just a you know whole bunch of quick tricks for the trailer to make the trailer itself seem spooky, which we know they're not going to use in the actual film. So it's like you know, uh, and this time we say, ooh, you know, we're you know doubling it up. We got two possessions this time versus one. There's you know, two. It's just <laughs> yeah, but it's just like ah, you know, but but. The, you know, at the same time, we're bringing in the mom, and she's, like, supposed to be, you know, the, the hardcore exorcist now, even though she's, like, not ordained by the church. 
or something like that, mm. and they're bringing in you know multiple religions this time because who knows they might be like dipping into hoodoo and voodoo and shit like that now too, you know, to, <laughs> to get to get the shit going on. I I don't know, man. I I just. You know, I, I just don't see, see this being able to deliver. You know, it, this just strikes me as something that's going to be like just another jump scare movie with, you know, the the slow freeze frame jump shit where we're going to, you know, do, do it to make them look like they're moving super fast, you know, because we're jumping the frames kind of shit throughout the entire movie. <laughs> cool. What do you think about it? You know, it, uh... So my first impression upon watching it, uh, you know, was, was I guess, kind of similar to The Monkey in which it was like, okay, this kind of, you know what it is, I guess in my head, I have such a fondness and such strong memories of, like, seeing the first Exorcist. You know, I remember it from when I was a kid. I remember it when I saw it in theaters, when they did the re-release, you know, a a buddy of mine was like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, I want to go see this movie, you know, in theaters, and and like, wasn't, you know, one, I wasn't expecting to hear from the person, but two, for him to be like, yeah, I want to go see this movie in the movie theater, and I'm, and, and literally, he said, I'm scared to see it alone, you know, and it was the exorcist, (laughs) you know, and like, in my head, I'm like, well, I mean, this is something I've been watching since I was a fucking kid. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it. The Exorcist is, is, is a scary movie, but it's still, you know, you know, I guess in my head I'm always repeating. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so, so I guess, like, you know, as I'm watching this trailer, and, yeah, it's got, like, the newer looks, and it doesn't, like, necessarily, like, feel like the same lived-in world as The Exorcist. But then I also have to remember, we are in the year 2023, and if, you know, The Exorcist was taking place when it was filmed, then you know what? Yes, they are actually in the same exact location that I am right now. So it's not like I'm looking at my world from, like, the same fucking perspective. Well, I mean, let's be real. It's not like the world really looked like what we saw on film in 73. We only saw what film was able to show us. Um, Mm -hmm. So... You know, the more I kept thinking about the trailer, the more I guess I kind of started to like it, I think. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'll probably watch it, like, one more time, but then I, I won't try, – I'll try to avoid everything until the release of the movie. But, yeah, I think I do want to kind of revisit that world again just to see where they're coming from. I kind of like the idea uh, of the, the mentioning of other – you know, religions, and because, you know what, there are, there are so many other belief systems out there, there are so many, you never know where any of these demons could be coming from, you know, this could be some kind of ancient fucking Sumerian thing for all they know, so what the hell would a Catholic, you know, a Catholic thing have to do with it? I'm looking, I have a feeling I'm setting myself up for a little bit of disappointment, because I'm hoping for something that will go out of its way to kind of, maybe not necessarily offend the, the, the strong Catholic vibe of what you got in like the original Exorcist, because you know we were at just such a, a point in society where it was like you know again fucking anti devil everything and Catholicism is the fucking no, way no. man and Jesus is gonna save the world. Um, 
I'm looking for something that might be a little bit more broad in its explanation of who these things could be, how these possessions could be handled. And, and like Monkey kind of said, you know, and she's not even an ordained thing. But, I mean, how strong of an idea is that? I mean, is this like, let's say, like vampire lore? Where, you know, we, we've seen that, well, if you don't fucking believe in that crucifix, it ain't going to do shit for you. You know, is it a matter of, is your belief what really affects these things? Or, you know, is, is it something else? So I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, to this movie. I think the trailer kind of got me excited for something, and I wasn't expecting that. So I am very glad that, we, uh, that, that, that you told us to take a look at it. Well, and to be clear, Monkey, uh, Chris McNeil, played by Ellen Burstyn in the movie, she's not an exorcist. She just wrote a book about her dealing with Regan's possession. So that kind of makes her an expert on, you know, exorcisms, and that's why they call upon her to come in. I mean, my feeling is that she's going to die in the movie. I feel like that's going to be like the thing in the movie. She's going to get X out. And then you're going to have Linda Blair come in and be like, that was my mom. And it's like, oh. Oh, mother. Um, She just got personal. If I can just interject one last thing, though, remember something. We do live in the year 2023 with the Internet. You can become an ordained minister through online can, like resources now. I'm an ordained like, oh, minister. There you go. Well, there you go. See, my point exactly. So who's to, say this ca- who's to say this character is not actually an ordained minister at this point? I mean, it's possible. I mean, anything is. I mean, like I said, the, the, when I talked about originally with the Dean, like I said, the trailer didn't really capture me either way. I was like, it's fine. You know, it's like, let's double it up and let's have two people this time be possessed. Um, you know, of course, let's Ooh. throw two people bells in there. Oh, well, we got two people bells, so we know we're in exorcist land. Um, you know, I think the best part of the trailer was the black and white part at the end because that was the original band trailer for the exorcist when they had all these black and white images. Like, theaters had to take that trailer out because people were freaking out and complaining about it. So to see it on the big screen, this reproduction of the black and white images, I was like, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I like that. But, you know, as a whole, I just love the whole thing. Let's just throw every fucking religion at him. Get him, guys. You know, Judaism, Islam, everybody's in. We're going to figure this thing out. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't know why it had me laugh so much, but I, was just, I just love it. Because, you know, the ghoul's right. You know, I mean, we are a country full of different religions, so why not throw everything at the fucking wall and see what sticks? You know, maybe it's not Catholicism. Maybe it's Islam. Maybe it's Judaism. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure it out. We're going to get these girls cured. <laughs> the body in the blood. Yeah, the body in the blood. But also, we're going to have, like, <laughs> we're going to have ordained ministers like Benny from The Mummy, you know, pull, pulling out random things from different religions, seeing which one works. It's like, oh, cross? No, that one doesn't work. Sorry, David. Oh, no, that one doesn't work. <laughs> I fucking love oh. Benny, bro. When he starts speaking like every fucking language, too. That motherfucker do prayers in every language and everything. He's like, oh, the slave. And then he goes, oh, the slave language. <laughs> Either that or it's going to be like fucking airplane. We're going to have every fucking denomination or religion showing up in a line outside the fucking bedroom. <laughs> One at a time. <laughs> Just slapping these girls in the face. Get out of there, demon. Wait. Get out of there, demon. Wait. We got a long way to go. There's a lot of religions. They all want to have a crack at it. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm very much going into Exorcist the Believer with tampered expectations because you just can't do any better than The Exorcist. Like, that's, like, oh. penultimate. You can't reproduce no, that magic man. that came out in 73. 
Yeah, go ahead. You know, the, the thing, the, the interesting piece here, to me anyway, um, based on our conversation on the trailer last week, as well as this conversation about the trailer tonight, and especially when talking about the world and like the, how the world is lived in and this and that, uh, you know, regardless of genre, the original Exorcist is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, everything in that world that came after the original, not so much, uh, you know, the exorcist sequels do not have the same kind of, uh, you know, feelings and fandom, uh, and so on and so forth as, um, you know, uh, the world of Michael Myers, because it's the same team that did the recent, uh, you know, Halloween trilogy. So, you know, it, it's why I'm curious to see what they came up with, because it's not like, you know, we, we have many, many times on this program have all of the different Halloween sequels, Halloween timelines and Halloween universes. We fall back on that conversation so much. I don't know that those conversations are happening anywhere uh, when it comes to the Exorcist sequels and uh, everything surrounding that property. So that is why I'm curious to see, being that this, uh, they're taking the same tact with this being a direct sequel to the original film. I'm very curious to seeing it to what direction they take the story, eliminating uh, everything that's happened. Because, like, you know, as we've said, like, the Exorcist sequels are not good. We, we don't, we're not going, oh, like, this is not a great movie, but I still love it, which, like, these are just not great movies. So I'm uh, no, curious to see what they do with it. I, I, I don't hate three um, at all. You know, when the time comes in October. Yeah, three is good. I, I mean, two is pretty fucking bad. Yeah, you have the prequel movie, The Dominion, Exorcist, with Stellan Skarsgård, which is pretty fucking bad, too. But, you know, part three is great, because Jersey Scott, we've talked about this. Jersey Scott fucking makes everything better. <laughs> when he shows up, you're like, all right, I'm in this movie. He's great. And the, and the problem with two is it's just, it's fucking nonsensical. Like, you watch it, and it really right. is just like a miss. It's just a whole mashup of just shit. And you're like, what, like, what the fuck is this? Like, you watch that movie... And honestly, there there is almost really no fucking sense of like plot or anything. You, it's it's like a music video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had potential, but then it just fucking sank real quick, like the fucking Titanic. Once they really get into that movie, you know, when it first starts, you kind of see something. You're like, oh, this is gonna be good. When the Blair's back, you know, we're gonna talk about her exorcism. But then, yeah, you see James Earl Jones in a fucking bee suit, and you're like, well, I'm out. I think I can leave. All I can <laughs> say is that my life is... Oh, wrong fucking... Wrong B-suit. <laughs> that's the wrong B-suit, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Von Mellon, that's the wrong B-suit. But yeah, no, it's, it's, just, it's not that great. But all right, the, uh, talking about horror news tonight, uh, what do you have for us? What are you talking about? Well, let me stay in, in this world of the exorcist because... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the original film. Uh, That's correct. Uh, there's going to be uh, a 4K uh, UHD release of both the theatrical and extended uh, director's cut of the original film. Uh, 
I don't have a release date in front of me, but I would imagine it will be coming around the time of the release of the new movie. Uh, but I will say that for this uh, 4K UHD set, it's both movies in the same package for just twenty five ninety nine. So I feel like that's a pretty nice. good deal. And yeah, pretty good. You know, that is for you know the celebration of the fiftieth anniversary of the original film. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to celebrate. And unfortunately, William Friedkin won't be here for that. Sad news. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. He was a great director. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, man. Like, everybody thinks about The Exorcist, which is a fucking perfect film, but, you know, watch The French Connection someday. Or watch Sorcerer, To Live and Die in L.A. Fantastic fucking movies that he directed. To Live and Die in L.A. is fucking baller. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, baller sex. Like, one of my favorite movies. It needs to be seen. Sorcerer 2 with uh, Roy Scheider, which is basically just the remake of The Getaway uh, that was done back in 72 with uh, Steve McQueen and Alan McGraw. Definitely. Yeah, I know, I know the premise of Sorcerer, Sorcerer uh, but I haven't, I haven't seen Sorcerer. Uh, but I've seen To Live and Die in L.A., and I probably haven't seen it in, like, 30 years. Uh, but... Uh, mm-hmm. When I did see it, like it's left such an impression on me when I saw it that like I still think about it and uh, remember it and have con- and and probably should watch it again. But great fucking cast, fucking another phenomenal performance from Willem Dafoe. Um, oh yeah, good stuff that that movie. Yeah, well worth checking out. And also uh, French Connection, great seventies set piece with G Hackman, you know, as a private eye. Oh, so good. <laughs> Next up, a French Awesome fucking chasing in that, that thing uh, under under the cha- under the trussels. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yep. <laughs> you don't and know I'm not afraid to like, say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to say it, and I might be the only person uh, that will say it. Uh, and maybe I should try to watch it in the modern era because I know when I was a little kid, I probably didn't even fucking understand it. Um, I haven't seen it in so long, but when I was a little kid, I fucking loved uh, Deal of the Century uh, with um, with Gregory yeah. Hines that was directed by William Friedkin. Um, That's another. I don't even remember yeah. the I don't even remember the pre- the premise or the plot, and if memory serves, it was a, it was a pretty like considered to be a pretty lousy movie and kind of a bomb. Uh, but there are certain scenes from that movie that I remember seeing when I was a little kid that I can still watch like they're a movie uh, in my head to this day. So Deal of the Century, I fucking love it. Or, let me, let me say, I, I did love it. I did love it. I would have to look at it again with a, with a fresh pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, I remember that movie. It was like a con, but uh, no, it was um, uh, Chevy Chase was in that one. Opposite uh, Gregory Hines. Yes. It was like a comedy. It was a, you know, like a heist comedy. From what I can remember. Uh, something, but, yeah, there's I'm a heist. There's, like, there's something with international weapons. There's a high, like there's like it, there's a blowtorch. Um, there's like a, all kinds of wacky shit going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just looked it up and it is, it's about arms dealers and competing for a set of weapons in South America. Um, but yeah, I remember that movie pretty well because I was on HBO a lot back in the day. So I remember Deal of the Century. Great comedy. William Friedkin, you know, going out of his wheelhouse and doing a comedy. So another one to add to the list. There's so many other than The Exorcist. 
<laughs> I always recommend to people about William Friedkin, you know. And I shared that meme on our group page when he was giving an interview with uh, MovieWeb about DVDs, where he's like, ah, we don't know how long they're going to last. And the interviewer was like, well, uh, you know, Oliver Stone says, like, maybe 10 years. And he's like, what the fuck is he talking about? I have, I have DVDs from, like, 10 years ago, and they're still good. He's like, well, he probably wanted to block the release of Alexander. He's like, fuck him and Alexander. <laughs> God, I love fucking Friedkin. Gives some of the best interviews. He just didn't give a shit. Like, he was completely honest about everything. Just like his Tales of the Exorcist, where he would shoot a gun off at random just to scare people. <laughs> just to get the right reaction out of them. You know, the kid be on that set, and all of a sudden he pulls out a gun. Bang! All right. Action. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he was known for that. Like, he was just known for getting reactions out of people. So he would bring a gun on set and just shoot it off whenever he wanted people to get freaked out. Because he didn't think they were scared enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. Moving on, Dean. What else are we talking about? Uh, so we all know how A24 has has continued to make uh, so many waves in the realm of horror and uh, had their big, uh, you know, talk to me. And yeah. uh, I, the directors, Donnie and Michael Philippou, um, when speaking to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, said that they have already filmed uh, a prequel uh, to talk to me. Uh, they said that the prequel is based on the Duckett character. Uh, and that the film was shot entirely through the perspectives of iPhones and social media. Uh, they say at this time they don't have any current plans to release it, but a, a Talk to Me prequel based on Duckett sequel has to been Talk told. to Me is honestly a prequel. Because that is such a perfect one-off movie that you just can't do any better. Like, there's no way you can improve on what they already did. And the fact that these guys were just YouTubers making movies on YouTube for fun, and then they eventually got funding to make Talk to Me and make such a great fucking movie. Guys, like, definitely check it out when it comes out in digital. Like, I have a feeling you guys won't be disappointed. Like, it's definitely one of my maybe favorite movies of the year. Maybe I'll go see it this weekend. You know, I don't, I don't have any well, plans at the moment, you so... Well, I mean, why not use my no, pass? I, got, you know what I mean, I, I saw the Meg 2 this past weekend, yeah. so... Me too. It was pretty fun, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. Oh, you know what? It was exactly what I expected. Um, like I said, I really wasn't going into it with, like, any... Uh, I've said it a thousand times. Look, there's only one fucking shark movie to really watch, and that's Jaws. Uh, you know, oh, my, 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 my runner-up to that movie is Deep Blue Sea. Uh, and then, you know, I do, I do enjoy yeah. The Meg for, for some of its silliness. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, I feel like the sequel... Uh, yeah, it just gave you a little bit more of what you got in the first movie. You know, it really did not try to break the mold mm-hmm. all that much. No, it was a build-up to the third act, just like the first one. It was just mm-hmm. all that build-up to get to that third act where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, now we're going. <laughs> now we have what we need. <laughs> and it didn't disappoint. Like, I was like, this is it. I was like, this is great. I was like, the make one is great. I mean, I would add bait to that movie of shark movies. I don't know if you've ever seen bait. But it's about the sharks in Australia that invade a shopping center during a flood. Really fucking good. If that sounds familiar, I might have actually seen that one. You probably have and probably just don't remember it. But, yeah, it's about the sharks that get into an underground shopping center during a flood. 
And yeah, mm-hmm. it's got some really good fucking moments. Um, but yeah, I, was, I would put that on that list too if I was thinking about short movies. But all right, Dean, what's we talking about? <clears throat> uh, so, you know, a couple of years ago, there was the scary <clears throat> stories to tell in the dark adaptation produced by Guillermo del Toro and directed by Andre Overdahl. And mm-hmm. Andre Overdahl has said that this sequel uh, to Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is still in development. He says that the story and the script are done and that once the strike is over, uh, they will be getting back to it. So if you enjoyed the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark adaptation, uh, there, is, there, 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 there seems to be more to look forward to uh, on the strike completion horizon. And it's, and it's interesting because cool. Andre like, Overdahl, okay. yeah, he yeah, also directed uh, The Last Voyager of Demeter, which comes out this weekend. So looking forward to that. Yes, Mike, I'm sorry to talk about it. Oh, dude, it's cool. I, I was just going to say, I hope they actually like go try to go a little bit scarier with this one than the last <laughs> one because it's like, uh, yeah, it's just like I was really hoping that they, you know, they were going to do a better job of channeling those original stories and, you know, Give us some really nice, you know, <clears throat> you know, like almost R-rated goosebumps level kind of stuff. But you know, from that realm, because this, because you know, those books, man, they do have some really fucking freaky stories in them. <laughs> yes, oh, you're yeah. a grown man. You know, and... You're a grown man, okay? So you're not gonna be scared. <laughs> You're a man, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I did that. I just felt like the first movie didn't stick close enough to those stories, and I'm hoping that, that you know, with this one, exploring more into the stories and just, you know, trying to just push the scary a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> and to that point, Monkey, I say watch it again because I actually watched it um, over the weekend. I was like, you know what? I'm feeling like something different. You know, we'll put in scary stories to tell in the dark. I haven't watched it since it came out in theaters. I bought the Blu-ray, and I was like, let me give it another shot. Because so I didn't really like it when I saw it in theaters. Um, I put it on this time, and I actually found myself enjoying it a little bit more. You know, because now I knew what they were going for with the movie and what they were doing with these different characters that appear in the books. It kind of made it more enjoyable. So I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, there's the, the pale woman, and there's the other one with the toe, and there's V.T. Dodie Walker. Like, there's all these things, but... For me, I always just wanted a straight anthology story for Scary Stories Tell in the Dark, if they were going to make a movie. Take some of the scary stories and then just make vignettes out of it. You know, make, you know, short, you know, anthology-type movies and put it into, like, a two-hour package if you want to, if you have enough stories. But I think it would be cool to see those stories just kind of singularly be made rather than kind of develop it into a plot of the story, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I thought that it would make more sense. Yeah, it's just that's, that's the problem, though, with the original books, though. You know, it's just the, some of those stories that are so good are just so bloody short, though. You know, that's the problem. They are. You know, yeah. it's, you know the, the story is only, you know, two pages, but bam, they nail it. And it's just, you know, <laughs> how do you flesh that out, you know? Because, <laughs> Gene knows because he's got all those books in his classrooms and stuff, you know. It's just, but see, I think the That's problem saying, is, 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 do people really want to see anthology films anymore? You know, like that, I feel like... Mm, like That's a good question. I, 
I feel like that's the territory now of like streaming services, like Netflix, Keep talking, I'll be back stuff in like that. You know, you're not you're not going to really see mm-hmm. that released on the on the big screen as much anymore. Um, and I think with the success of the Goosebumps film, uh, you know, mostly carried by Jack Black, um, at least that that first oh, one oops. anyway. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think they kind of found by doing that same method again, where you took those stories and you combine them all into like a movie and like, let's make a plot out of it and kind of like work it around that way. So like, again, as somebody that really did not read a lot of those stories, uh, I found the movie to kind of, I found it interesting. I didn't love it when I watched it either okay. the first time, but I did find with like subsequent viewings that I too kind of like enjoyed it a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, I get what you're saying, Monkey, as far as, like, wanting it to be more scary. But we do have to remember, they're targeting a teenage audience with these films. And we're jaded as fuck, bro. We've watched movies where a man fucking me. You know what I mean? Like, we, we are at a point where we're not going to watch something like that and be scared. Nor do I really even think we can be proper judges of whether or not what is being presented to us is even really scary. Like, I really kind of have given up on really being able to dictate whether or not something is scary anymore. You know, like when I saw Meg during, uh, oh, it was one of the trailers. I can't think of what trailer it was, but, uh, I don't know. There was like a woman with her kid like next to me. And uh, the kid was like, uh, like nine, 10, maybe something like that. And whatever the trailer was, there was just like, you know, your prototypical jump scare moment, you know, quick close up. Oh, it was for the nun too. Um, you know, quick close up oh, shot. Yep. Last, loud stinger noise you know we've seen it a thousand times i'm so like just tailored to not jump anymore like it doesn't even affect me you know like the noise doesn't make me jump like and it's not even like i'm sitting there waiting for it i'm not in my head saying okay now here's the jump scare it's just like automatic now where it doesn't actually elicit a response from me uh but i can see out of the corner of my eye this woman fucking nearly jumped out of her seat you know so i'm like all right so i guess that was supposed to be scary I, I just—I I, I don't think we're good judges for that anymore, man. You have to give that. No, we're you not. Give we're well v, past that. Your V card, bro. <laughs> well, the monkey was a virgin back in the day, you know. Now, now that he's been with us, you've been in the shit, boy. You know, you you know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> he's a grizzled war veteran now, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing affects him anymore. Now he's just oh, like, that's come stupid. On. <laughs> Come on, young yeah. bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah come on, young yeah, bud. He didn't even know half of his young bud. Women now. <laughs> now he's just sitting in the corner of the VFW smoking the cigarette, being like, I've seen shit, man. I've seen shit that would scare the shit out of you, man. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah, he's jaded. <laughs> he's done. I'm sorry. <laughs> we ruined the monkey. I. I I've did three viewings of a Serbian film. What have you done? <laughs> you <broke the> <laughs> <laughs> I've seen shit that would make your shit turn white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? I will tell you, King. And what I will tell you is... Uh, that as we get ever closer once again to fall in the Halloween season, HalloweenCostumes.com 
uh, is debuting a hmm. series of inflatable uh, Michael Myers in three different sizes, an 8-foot, a 15-foot, and a 25-foot inflatable Michael Myers for your front yard your Halloween decorations. Uh, you can pre-order right now at HalloweenCostumes.com. They're expected to ship sometime around mid-September. The 8-foot inflatable Michael Myers will cost you $179.99. The 15-foot inflatable Michael Myers will cost you $299.99. And the 25-foot inflatable Michael Myers will set you back a cool $499.99. So, again, these are inflatables, 8 to 15 and 25 feet. Uh, Michael Myers inflatables. So if you are one that goes all out to decorate your yard for the Halloween season and you're looking for an inflatable to take your decorations to the next level, you should head over to HalloweenCostumes.com. Well, I got the 25-foot Michael Myers because I really fucking love Halloween. He's like, oh, wow, don't you? <laughs> you put that. I don't know. <laughs> Can't go that big. I got to put it on the top of your apartment building. That's up all year round, guys. Get used to it. It's 25 feet, did you know? It's like the goddamn Statue of Liberty on top of my apartment. Every once in a while, he just comes out and yells at it, No, Michael, no! And then it goes back in. <laughs> He's evil! Oh, there he is again. There goes Andy. <laughs> Yelling at that inflatable. It's funny. He comes out every night and does it. And he only does it once. He just shouts at it for like a solid five minutes. Talking like an old English person. <laughs> God damn you, Michael. Yeah, all right, but what's next? Yeah. Sorry, buddy. So, my lonely life. We've talked about the exorcist. We've now talked about Michael Myers, but how could uh, anything be complete without talking about Friday the 13th? And I will tell you Ooh. that uh, the author, R.G. Uh, Henning, uh, earlier this year, put out a book Mr. that was called uh, what? <laughs> Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Rest in peace. Henning, uh, put out a book called Sackhead, the definitive retrospective on Friday the 13th, part two, a 277 page book that was dedicated to all things about Friday the 13th, part two. Uh, you can get uh, Sackhead for just a, a cool eighteen ninety nine at this time, but author R.G. Henning has announced that he is currently working on Jason 3D, a comprehensive on Friday the 13th, Part 3, and he expects to publish it sometime in the year 2024. There is no pre-order option at this time, but if by chance any of you have read Sackhead and you have enjoyed uh, what you learned and what you read about, then the same treatment is about to be unleashed covering Friday the 13th, part three. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to, you know, 
if you're interested, for any of you guys out there, if you want to get Sackhead from the King, uh, meet me on the corner on Friday nights for 15 bucks. It'll be fun. <laughs> I hear Sackhead, I, I think about Benedict Asshole. <laughs> asshole? Benedict. <laughs> asshole. Benedict. Benedict Asshole. Bullets of Justice. Never forget. <laughs> fucking worst greatest movie right, I've ever seen. Asshole. I honestly think I say that fucking, I think I say that name at least once or twice a week. I started, you know what I actually started doing? At work, you know, when we upload, we have to upload pictures of, for jobs sometimes, and they go into our files. I actually started, like, uploading a picture of Benedict Asshole into, like, jobs every once in a while. So, like, if they look in the office, if they ever, like, look on the computer to, like, look at the pictures of the job, there's that picture of fucking Benedict Arnold, uh, Benedict Asshole doing those gang signs. <laughs> great way to show that you're done. <laughs> yep, yep, that must be the goal. He's done. Peace out. There's been an example. <laughs> <laughs> Gang time. <laughs> All right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? For the Godzilla fans out there, and I know there are several, uh, back around the time <laughs> of the uh, original Godzilla and Godzilla raids again, uh, there were novelizations that were written by the author Shigeru Kayama in Japanese. Uh, These were originally published in 1910, and that was that. Uh, But I have learned that this October, October 3rd to be precise, will be the very first English translation of the novelization of the first two Godzilla films. Uh, they will be sold in a one-book set for $17.99, and you can pre-order it uh, right now. Uh, but they will be released in October 3rd. So uh, the Japanese novelizations of Godzilla and its sequel ride, uh, raids again uh, have never been in English, and now they finally will be uh, after all this time. So, uh, you know, seeing that I know there are two big uh, Godzilla fans that are involved with this program. I thought I would share this piece of news because I thought maybe they would enjoy to, to know and perhaps uh, get a chance to read these novelizations. Godzilla tears down a building. Godzilla kicks another building. People are shocked. The end. Two pages. Listen, I want chapters, okay, that delve into the psyche of Godzilla. I want to know what that fucking monster is <laughs> thinking. I don't think I'm going to step on him so I, <laughs> so I can eat them later. <laughs> Why they shoot Godzilla me, I just later. want to shit somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm on a job, and I hate. But I hate shitting at customers' houses. Fuck! I gotta hurry up and get this job done. (laughs) Does anybody have a Snapple bottle? I've got to take a leave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna need two for this one, guys. Does anyone have two Snapple bottles, man? (laughs) I'm too afraid to go in the house to pee. (laughs) Can you ask him? Could you say, hey, man, can I go inside your house and pee? Yeah. You can't ask the sure, customer to do that. That would be weird. Isn't that hard? 
But I was afraid. I was afraid they say no. <laughs> oh, man, I, I have no problem. They're like, man, shit. i got to take a shit. It's going to be like 10 minutes. I'll be in and out, I swear to God. Man, I brought my you know own toilet paper. I, I, so I, yours. I avoid the deuces, you know, like uh, the kid that was actually with me today, you know, it's funny as hell, but we were at a job not too long ago. and uh, The deuces? And yeah, yeah. You know, well, the, the, the chick was like this good-looking customer. You know, she's a single girl, close to his age. Seemed like, you know, like, hey, like, look, man, maybe you, maybe you could talk to her the whole nine. You know, what, and what does Did he she do? Did she have a cat? You know, she blows up her fucking bathroom. And when I mean blows up the bathroom, <laughs> like, I walked out of the basement, which was, like, uh, on the other side of the house, and I could smell the shit, like, waving <laughs> through the fucking air. And it was oh, like, man. bro, what did you do? <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, I couldn't fucking hold it in. <laughs> like, oh, why not? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, that's when you say that to the people can. that aren't attractive. Save it for, like, the old woman's house. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, I can't poop in customers' houses, man. Like, I, I do my deuce in the morning, and that's it. But if I got to take a leak, man, I'll fucking go. I'm, I'm asking if I can use your bathroom. I'm not going to sit in my truck, try to dangle my fucking schlong in a fucking water bottle. You know, A, it's too fucking small. And, and B, like, you know, a lot, like, in the event that it does have to happen, like, I know my luck. I'm going to fill that fucking bottle. It's going to start overflowing. And then I, there I am trying to pinch my fucking wiener like some fucking little child, trying to hold it in as I'm fucking squirting urine all over the place. <laughs> oh, you never know. That's the worst part about it. You never know how much that flow is going to be. It could be a quick one. It could be a fucking long one. You're fucking rolling the dice, man. <laughs> I drink way, I remember I drink working way as too a... much water to ever have short fucking yeah. weeks, man, you know? That was one of the worst things about being a fucking truck driver. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I used to work in the Flagger Force when I was working on shit, and you had no place to fucking piss. You'd just fucking run into the woods at a certain point. I can't fucking hold it anymore. I don't want to go piss in a bottle. Go run into the woods. (laughs) Uh, So many fucking times where it's just like, I can't hold it anymore. So I'm going to fucking piss myself. Well, I'll just go run into the woods. Go behind that guy's (laughs) house. All right. Oh, I'm going to get caught. It's so much better than a fucking bottle. Because I've had those danger zones where you got a Gatorade bottle and all of a sudden you start seeing it get all the way up to the whip. You're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. You and Flagger Boys run around the neighborhood like the fucking crackhead on Friday taking shit, squatting down to take shits in people's bushes and shit. Oh, yeah, man. I, I no fucking shit. shit to pisses, yeah. And I pissed in a lot of fucking shit. rose bushes back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck, he's taking the shit back here. <laughs> yeah. Nope, never had to do the deuce, but if I had to take a piss, I'd be running over to somebody's fucking garden. Sorry, man. <laughs> Just watering the plants. <laughs> Just doing my best to look up the garden here, man. <laughs> but all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? So, it's been known that R.L. Stein, uh, his story Zombie Town, has been uh, being adapted uh, for the big screen by director uh, director Peter uh, Lepaniotis, and it's going to star um, Marlon Kazadi and Maddie Monroe in what's being called a mystery teen romance. 
what I know is that it has been given a PG-13 rating for uh, some language and bloody images. Uh, but what I also have learned is that this film is also going to have parts played by Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, a reun- uh, reun- uh, re- reunion of these two actors, as well as uh, Kids and the Hall, uh, Kids in the Hall castmates, uh, Scott Thompson and Bruce McCullough. Uh, there is no release date still at this time, um, but uh, you know what caught my eye just was the, that Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd uh, working together again. But again, this is for R.L. Stein's movie. Zombie town. Okay. <laughs> It was a great fucking show, but eventually he just fucking worked his way off because they were like, we're tired of your shit, Chevy. All right, I'll go. They murdered his character. Like, you can never come back. So he's just incredibly difficult to work with, but that's been his entire career of movies. Like, everybody's like, oh, God, he's fucking terrible to work with. He's such a fucking asshole, but he finds work. So good for him. I mean, look at Nothing But Trouble, which he did for Dan Aykroyd, who directed it. And Dan Aykroyd's like, God, this guy fucking sucks. (laughs) You know, it was a good movie, good, uh, you know, role for him, but no, just terrible overall behind the scenes guy. But we'll see what else happens with Zombie Town. But all right, Dean, what else is talking? Hmm. So, Sharknado, everyone's favorite. Uh, sure. Believe it or not, we like it. <laughs> believe, believe it or not. <laughs> It is the, it is the 10th anniversary of the original Sharknado film from sci-fi. And to celebrate wow. the 10th anniversary, uh, there has already been an all-day sci-fi marathon of all of the films in the series. But uh, next week, August 15th and 16th, uh, Sharknado is going to be playing in the theaters on the big screen all across the land. And not only that, but it has been fully remastered with new special effects for this special release. Yep. So if you are a big wow. fan of the Sharknado series, uh, the time for you to see it in the big screen is at hand. Uh, again, this is for the 10th anniversary, and you'll have that opportunity on either August 15th or 16th. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. I only saw the Fourth Awakens, and I like that movie. So. Might actually have to check it out <laughs> from the big screen. I do have a free ticket, you know, from Regal, so might have to use it for that. I don't know. I also want to use it for Rad when uh, Rick does Rad. Uh, I think on the 18th. <laughs> I might actually yes, have to see that. Yes, 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 yes. I know I have to. I'd have to pay for my ticket to see that one, but man, that might be well worth it. It might be. Like they keep showing the trailer for it in the movie, and I'm like, I might actually have to, you know, see this. Hopefully it's playing in my mm. regal because I would love to see Rad being riffed by uh, the MST3K guys. I, I, you know, I'd be happy just to see Rad on the big screen too. You know, that'll be kind of fun because I've never seen that Fucking, yet. Uh, I know the Dean awesome. saw that, so yeah, he did. This is correct, and it was fantastic. It was it was great. It was great. Uh, um, 
it, like I like I said at the time, it was perfect timing. Uh, it was playing at the theater that gets the nationwide showing special events, and it happened to be uh, there was a perfect showtime which would allow me to go to the movies, see the movie, and then continue on down the road and have my hockey game. So it made for a perfect evening. Uh, getting the chance to see Rad on the big screen was super fun. And if you ever have that opportunity, uh, you know, rip tracks or not, um, you know, you should see it. So seeing it on the big screen was just great fun. Like, I'm so happy that I decided to do that that night. I love that movie so very much. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to actually have to do that. Because <laughs> I love rip tracks, but I also do like Rad a lot, so... I've never seen it on the big screen before, so it might be worth it, but either that, that way. I think it's coming out next week uh, for a Fathom event. But all right, anything else we talked about? Uh, as far as I know, everybody loves Sleepaway Camp. How could you not love Sleepaway Camp? And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the <laughs> even, even before I can say, I can say with authority uh, that even before I actually saw the film, uh, the cover image of the knife going up through a sneaker with a letter, yeah. like a camp letter home in the background, uh, you know, is mm-hmm. one of those video store images uh, yeah. that has left that permanent marker on me. And uh, what's even crazier to think about, well, maybe not crazy because, you know, time time stops and slows for anniversary. No, man. Boy camp is upon us. And... To celebrate the 40th anniversary of Sleepaway Camp, uh, there is going to be a making of book from 1984 publishing uh, that is called Sleepaway Camp, uh, Making the Movie and Reigniting the Campfire. Uh, This book is going to be released this fall in the Halloween season on October 24th. Uh, It is... uh, going to cost, uh, you know, a very fair price of eighteen ninety five. In addition to that, 1984 Publishing is also putting out a four-song soundtrack EP. Uh, you will have to order that directly from 1984 Publishing, but there is no pre-order option at this time. So the book is up for pre-order, at least 1984 books? The book is up for pre-order. Uh, for 1895 on Amazon, but when this four-song EP soundtrack comes, that will have to be ordered directly through 1984 Publishing. Uh, there is just no purchase option at this time. Okay, I'm going to put that in my bookmarks because I would love to get that book. I'm a huge fan of Sleepaway Camp. But even to your point, Dean, about the the cover for Sleepaway Camp, the first one, I always remembered Sleepaway Camp Two: Unhappy Campers. Because it had the woman on the cover with the backpack, and she had the chainsaw on the back. She had Jason's mask and yeah. his glove. Yeah, I was like, what is this? Why does she have all this shit? But yeah, and it's a fun fucking movie. Like I was very surprised by how funny the second one was. Like it took all like the horror out of the first one. It just kind of made it funny, like Texas Chainsaw 2. But it, mm-hmm. it's just a great movie. The third one, not so much. But part two, Unhappy Campers. It's a great sequel if you guys haven't seen it. Oh, the third one was so rough. Man. <laughs> no, you want rough, rough, watch the fucking fourth one that was never completed, and then eventually the sleep oh, wake up. Survivor. Uh, Survivor. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, that, that movie, that's fucking rough, monkey. Um, 
And then yeah, even the uh, even the the one that was made, you know, years later, which which does finally give you like Return a real sequel, I guess. Yeah, a real sequel. Um, that that one was kind of rough Ooh, around the edges too. But uh, but now similar to Dean, man, you know the uh, <laughs> that original cover art, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, totally like it was something that caught my eye as a kid. You know, the first Sleepaway Camp oh, movie yeah. was one of those that like. You know, similar to, like, Friday the 13th Part 4, which, you know, I was at, like, my uncle's house, and, you know, they, they just put something on to keep us kids fucking occupied. So what better thing to put on for, like, single-digit age kids, you know? Like, literally, I'm going to say that me and my cousins were probably between the ages of, like, 6 and 9 than, like, Friday the 13th Part 4, with all kinds of titties and blood and all kinds of nasty shit going on, you know? And, and then yet another one of these movies at Iconic the time cover. on VHS. On VHS, fucking, you know, is Sleepaway Camp, you know? And I'm watching this movie, and yeah, you know, all this weird shit's going on. All the, like, we we smoking about it, you know? All these kids talking like us, you know? We're New Yorkers. All the kids in the movie are, are straight up New York, you know? They've got all the fucking affectations. They talk about it the same way. Everything coming out of them, but then just... You know, and I, I never, ever, ever say anything about the ending of that movie ever because you know what? If anybody is listening who has never seen Sleepaway Camp, I never want to fucking ruin it for you. Just watch the fucking no. movie nope. because it's it's it is fucking phenomenal. But as a kid, as a little kid watching the ending of that movie, oh. I had no fucking idea what the fuck I was looking at. I in my head, mm-hmm. you know what I what I conceived it to be was definitely not what it ended up being, but it was and that ends up being even more fucking weird because in my head it was kind of like a Frankenstein fucking thing. Uh the reality is even fucking worse. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, nah man, that's definitely a great fucking movie. Great. And again, iconic box art. I, I remember that fucking thing with the oh, shoe yeah. and, and the fucking note written mm-hmm. in the background. So many times being there in the video store just reading like what you can on the note. You know, like the little bits and pieces that are like like <laughs> visible, and they they included yep. that in the trailer when it first came out. The trailer had somebody writing a fucking letter home to mom and dad saying, "Dear mom and dad, yeah, people are dying and I want to come home." Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and it was so great. And yeah, I never want to ruin the ending for Sequoia Camp for anybody, but I'll always tell people about the fucking cop that was on set and then he left and had to come back and then they put electrical tape to make a mustache out of him because they shaved his mustache <laughs> off and they're like, well, let's put some electrical tape on his face. <laughs> the greatest fuck, like, it's one of the greatest reviews when he comes out like, oh my God, what's happening? It's like, is that electrical tape on your face? <laughs> yep, because he shaved his mustache off and they had to go with continuity. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the greatest fucking moments. And of course, the gigantic pot that the cook is making the corn in. I'm like, there's no way that fucking exists in real life. But somebody, like, what's like the biggest fucking pot we've ever seen? He's going to put corn in it. Baldies. So they call them baldies. Loves them baldies. But, all right, Dean, what else we talking about? I will tell you that, uh, you know, Stranger Things, the final season of the main show, season five of Stranger Things, is on hold uh, until the strike lets out. But the Duffer Brothers 
uh, did let some information out, and uh, the Duffer brothers have said that for the upcoming final season five of the main show, that uh, the character of Will Byers, played by Noah Shapps, is going to be a major focus of the fifth and final season. Uh, Obviously, season one uh, dealt with uh, the disappearance into the upside down of Will Byers and his subsequent return, uh, as well as all of the follow-up since his return. Uh, To close out with the fifth season, they say that this will bring the story full circle uh, as Will uh, comes into his own as a young man. So uh, a big focus on the character of Will Byers. For the final season, well, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they're going to still have more gay for Mike and everything, or if they're going to kind of move past that whole thing. Well, he came out of our life as gay. Good well, I think, I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be a. Yeah. It's going to be a big part of it. I bet. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but talking about delays, like, yeah. obviously. Like, yeah. But um, Ghostbusters Firehouse, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, has been delayed to March of 2024. It is not going to be coming out in December. So I was hoping for it in December, but obviously I knew it was going to be delayed. So they officially announced that it's going to come out in March of 2024. So we're going to get that sequel. Oh, I didn't see that. A little longer. Yeah, it was announced a couple weeks ago that uh, they moved it back to March of 2024, so, which makes sense. Like, I don't think any of us really thought Sorry, it was in December. That's okay. I can wait until March. Don't be the writer's sad. strike is going to affect everything, man. You can you just know, watch Doctor Giggles get, again. They got to get something fucking done already. I love Doctor Giggles. I'll watch it again. My name Coda just died, so I'll watch it again. I'm a blurry. But all right, Dean, is that it, or do you have anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I guess he vanished. I no, guess he's not. What? <laughs> no, I'm here. Uh, so what I want to talk about is uh, moving as we move along here uh, the classic universal monsters and uh, get your wallets ready if this is something important to you but the classic universal monsters this October for third are getting a limited edition uh, 4k UHD box set release that will feature the original Dracula Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein, The Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Phantom of the Opera, The Invisible Man, and The Wolfman. Uh, this is going to be a box set of which there are only going to be 5,500 available, and that is all. Uh, oh, they, uh, again, this is released on October 3rd. It's eight discs. Uh, it's priced right now at $129.99 and is available for pre-order, uh, so if it's important to you to have these in your collection, you should probably place that pre-order now because, again, there are only 5,500 uh, copies of this set that are going to be released at this time, and if you want these uh, you know, remastered versions for the highest quality, uh, you should take advantage of it. Um, you know, at this time, I did look at this time, you can still place a pre-order on Amazon. They are still available. Uh, but uh, don't wait if this is something that is important to you. Well, for collectors, it's a big deal. I mean, I, I already have all of them. So, uh, as long as yeah, I can have the Mexican version, I'm good. 
Yeah, but you know, on the flip side, though, every time at Halloween, though, you can find the sets that I think are actually better, where it's you know the actual yeah the sets of Dracula, the sets of Frankenstein, you know, Wolfman, creature, all, all that, you know, and they're really good sets, you know, that ha- yeah, have are. them all for that creature, and they're usually really reasonably priced. I think they're like only twenty bucks, King. For, for each yeah. set, and yeah, right. yeah, because yeah, I have three of the sets, and yeah, I absolutely love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have Dracula, Bride, Frankenstein, uh, Wolfman, and Creature, and they were nineteen ninety nine a piece, and I built that up over a couple of years, so it's not like I bought them all at once, but yeah, are Walmart always like, releases those movies. Are these just standard DVDs or Blu-rays? <clears throat> uh, mine are Blu-rays, but yeah, they release standard DVDs. You know that are cheaper. You know it's like around ten buck range, but yeah, the Blu-rays I bought they were they were nineteen ninety nine a piece, and I bought them over like a two year period so to build my Universal Monster Collection. So there there's cheaper options, you know. But if you want to get the box set, you more power to you. If you kind of have that well, cash, if item, you're you know, talking about about the ones that you got for 20 bucks if you want all eight of these original films we're talking about 160 bucks where you can get these eight films in this remastered 4k uhd format for just 130 bucks that's true but i don't have them so i want more <laughs> so it's, it's not like it's a romero yeah, I mean, movie where he needs you know 20 different versions because <laughs> that's romero <laughs> sorry Romero Trump's Universal, sorry. <laughs> Don't need to beat up on the classics, but it's fucking goddamn George A. Romero. So I will gladly buy another copy of Night of the Living Dead that comes out. Well, this one has an additional scene. Okay, cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I have four copies currently of Night of the Living Dead. I'm not afraid to admit it. Dawn of the Dead a little harder because Richard P. Rubenstein is uh, kind of a dick when it comes to releasing those movies. But, yeah, I have, I have that one. I have two copies of Day of the Dead. So, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Is that it for you for our news? Uh, no, I got one last thing here I want to talk about. And, and what I want to say is sure. if, you are, uh, if you're feeling thirsty and you're in the mood for a cool drink, As it might always. be time to take out the glass, uh, let a few ice cubes, uh, you know, rattle around and, and, and tinkle in your glass, and pour yourself a nice, yeah, nice tinkle in your uh, glass. rewarding a nice, rewarding refresher of Tennisfly Viper uh, because there is going to be a remake of 1987's Street Trash. And this remake will be coming from Ryan Kruger, who is the director of one of the Dean's picks here on Talking Terror. Uh, He was the director of Fried Barry. Uh, production on this film uh, is already underway. Uh, The story is moving from Brooklyn, New York uh, to South Africa and the uh, original director and writer uh, J. Michael Monroe and also Roy Frumkis are executive producing uh, with uh, Vinegar Syndrome and Bad Dragon Films. Uh, This is going to be an exclusive Screenbox release, and they expect to have this ready to go on Screenbox 
sometime in 2024. Well, 2024, I'm going to get three bucks. Brian Barry, I do believe, and I'm not positive, but I do believe that Street Trash might have been my pick as well. It was. It definitely was. Yes. And I fucking love that movie. Yes. So much. I mean, I don't know if it's going to take place in South Africa or they're going to be like, oh, we're in New York, but it's actually South Africa. Who knows? But I don't know. I just, I love Street Trash, so... 2024, New Year's Revolution. <laughs> Ten of Flybikes. Ah, such a good fucking movie. Such a trashy good movie. Um, but speaking of trashy good movies, Ghoul, we're talking about 1988's Necromantic, directed by Bori Budigreit. Why don't you break down this movie, tell us what you thought, and let's get into this. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, man. This is uh, Necromantic, you know. This is don't come in. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, necromantic. So, so this one's been on my, my radar for a while now. I've never seen it before. Uh, this oh, first time. One of those okay. that, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, like, I, I, I'd see it up on Shutter uh, whenever I'd be looking for, like, something to pick. And I'd be like, nah, I'm going to save it for this time. Or, nah, I'm going to save it for this time. Um, after last week's movie didn't, didn't pull off, the uh, the sexiness for me that that I was hoping for. Um, I figured that uh, the twentieth. Yes, yes. I, I came away from it. Uh, I wanted to come away from that. I wanted to come away from that movie, Turgid, bitch. Um, but I did not. Coming, coming. I I wanted to be coming. Yes, very hard. Um, uh, I did. I did. I did what I always do, which is fucking, you know. Middle of the show, I'm like, hey, let me look up what I'm gonna want pick for next week, since whatever ideas I had like last week are completely gone now. Um, so, <laughs> so I pulled up a list real quick of like the ten sexiest, you know, horror movies that you could find, or the ten most erotic horror movies that you could find, and, uh, and this, this this was one of those on that list. And uh, basically, yeah, in this movie, you have a, a dude and his wife, and they fuck a corpse, and. Uh, and yeah, there's just some other shit that goes on too at times. And this is a, uh, <laughs> you know, this this is one of those movies that you watch it and you're like, wow, this is this is kind of why I watch horror movies. But then I also realize <laughs> at the same time, this, and then I realize at the same time, like this is really what's probably wrong with me in this world. So, you know, I, 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 I had some some feelings and thoughts about this movie. You know, I don't know if I liked it or not. Um, but, you know, it was short. And what happened on the screen was uh, was definitely something that I will never fucking forget. Okay? The movie is definitely a fucking experience. So if you have Shudder and you didn't watch it and you're listening to this show, I'm sorry. Pause the show, go watch the fucking movie, and then come back and listen because you, you can't just listen to this. You have to experience it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dean, what did you think about Necromantic? Uh, kind of an interesting one because this is one that I've known about and have read about, uh, you know, years going back quite a ways. And, you know, knowing heading into it, the, the kind of the purpose of of the film uh, had it make more sense to me as I watched it. Obviously, 
we can see the limitations of, of the budget and talent that was involved. Uh, but we also have like a bizarre, <laughs> like bizarre, um, strange um, creation, uh, you know, that kind of fits the bill of trying to, to create a very in- offensive uh, film. Uh, in its time and place of which it was created, so I I I don't I can't say he, sit here and say that oh you know I love this movie or I really liked this movie what a great film but I can certainly say that I enjoyed it for sure for what it was or what it is. Okay, monkey, what do you think about Necromantic? <clears throat> I'd never heard of this film <laughs> ever. Really? Uh, yeah, really, really. Um, not shocking. Not shocking. <laughs> and the ghoul, he uh, he promised something different, and you know he's like, you know, we're gonna go in a new direction here. So, and yeah, you delivered, man. <laughs> Holy shit! I, I was watching this. I was like, one of those movies where it's like, again, like he, the ghoul was saying earlier in the show here you know we're all really jaded you know when it comes to horror and i'm presented with this thing that's supposed to be this odd film that's been banned in so many countries around the world and i'm watching this thing which is supposed to be like this creepy you know scene here you know where i guess it's supposed to make other people's skin crawl and here i'm fucking rolling you know because i'm sitting there watching this shit i'm just like oh my god this is so goddamn funny (laughs) and it's just oh man yeah just oh and just the political satire that's in there about the you know the people of germany you know when we get to it oh yeah <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely a, a unique journey, and yeah, you know, because my boss, who occasionally listens to the show, believe it or not, like you know, he's like you know, this like really high up in the company. He's like, what's the movie about this week? I was like, I cannot tell you. I am still on the clock. I cannot talk about this movie while I'm on the <laughs> clock. He was like, come on, man. I was like, no, this movie's been banned in so many countries. Uh, excuse I me. Will you please report to HR immediately? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, well, now I have to look. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, now I need to listen to the, this week's episode. I was like, listen to the episode, nope. but yeah, I'm telling you, I can't, I cannot talk about it <laughs> on the clock. No, I'm not on the clock now. I'm on talking terrorist clock. It doesn't fucking matter. But yeah, cool. Thanks for this pick. It was just, uh, yeah, I, I was just ro- rolling at this entire movie, man. Like I was just like holding my stomach, just laughing at these motherfuckers. <laughs> So yeah, Welcome and I'm thank sorry. you for the new horror film, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Necromantic. I had yeah, Necromantic. I had seen back when I was in sixth grade. Um, I'll never forget <laughs> it because I was always Dude, this explains looking so for. Of course, of course, he did. <laughs> I was always looking for new horror movies, and I was like, I just keep wanting to challenge myself. I'm like, what's the next one? Like, what's the next one that's going to be fucked up and I'm going to really be happy with? Uh, and a friend of mine back then, 
he was really into like exploitation films and 70s horror films. And he's like, have you ever seen Necromantic? And I was like, no, but it sounds cool. He's like, yeah. He's like, it's from the You want to watch it together? Uh, the guy... <laughs> <laughs> the guy just wanted to say fuck you to the German censor board. He didn't even really care about making a movie. He just wanted to say to the censor board, fuck you, I can do whatever I want. Um, and I was like, all right. So he lent me his copy of Necromantic. I watched it, fucking enjoyed it. I liked what it was. And then he said, well, there's a sequel that was made in 91, Necromantic 2. And I love Necromantic 2 much more than Necromantic. Like, Necromantic 2 is a lot more fun. Um, if you guys ever get around to Did they have a it, budget? it has a lot to do with first Necromantic. <laughs> Uh, more budget, yeah, definitely more budget, but there's more character development uh, than we get in Necromantic, and it ties into the first one. Um, I'm not going to say why, but I will say at the end why it does, but <laughs> I'm just a fan of Necromantic. Like, I think if people want to see something fucked up and weird, I always say Necromantic. Like, that's one of the first ones I always bring up because it's just so offbeat and so weird and enjoyable, and it's a short fucking watch. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much why I love Necromantic. But anyway, the movie opens with a woman taking a piss in the field while her boyfriend tells her to hurry up. The woman gets back into the car, and off they go. The boyfriend is frustrated because she has a small bladder, and he wants to get to their destination quickly. So she takes out a map to find out how far their destination is, and while the couple is soon distracted by the man looking at the map, they crash through a railroad crossing and presumably get hit by a train. So we cut to the next day, and we see that their crashed car is covered in blood in the field. The woman has been cut in half as we see the top half of her body lying in the grass. The man's body is still in the driver's seat, but his face has been damaged. We then cut to a van full of men in hazmat suits that specialize in cleaning up after traffic and other fatal accidents. Up, 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 they come across up, up, the car crash up, up, up. and clean up. <laughs> so, the men put the bodies of the couple in the van and return to, they return to Joe's street cleaning agency. So Bruno speaks to Joe about the job that they got back from. He says that Chimatki is hopeless and he's not going to work out. Joe tells him that he's still new and he needs to be given a chance. Bruno isn't happy about the decision but returns back to work. We then cut to an apartment and find Robert Chimatki returning home to an epic soundtrack. Everything about the soundtrack is just fucking epic. Every fucking track. It's like, we need to get bigger and better and fucking, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, so as he undresses, we see jars filled with eyeballs and organs. Robert picks up a jar filled with formaldehyde <laughs> and drops an eyeball into it. And then we get to see his collection as a whole of jarred body parts, like a hand, more eyeballs, even a baby fetus. Robert also pulls a human heart out of his bag and puts it into a fresh jar of formaldehyde. We then get introduced to his wife, Betty, who also shares his morbid curiosity into body parts being put into formaldehyde. Then we watch Betty bathe in blood with her sunglasses on because she's fucking cool. And we hear on the television all about phobias, including spiders, while Robert watches it. We then cut to a man holding a rabbit, and then it's off to murder because we see an intercut of a morgue where Robert is opening up a body as we cut to the rabbit from earlier, hung upside down, being skinned and open up. As the well, body so, gets so dumped on, just, just to cut back real quick to the whole Go spider ahead. conversation yeah. and everything, you know? Like, like you got to realize, too, like, what they're going on about with that is the desensitization. Desensitization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this doctor, you know, 
was able to cure people of their phobias, of their fears, by making them interact with these things. You know, so so in a, exactly. in a lot of ways, you got you got to look at a movie like this and say, like, is that what the fucking premise is here? Like, is the idea that we're supposed to, by the end of this, because we've confronted this this whole sex with dead body, this whole weirdness, this, everything that that this movie is going to show us, like in some way, does that make us? better people? Are we now conquering our fear? Oh, no, and I think that message also has to do with the ending, too, when Robert goes to the movie theater to watch a slasher movie. I think that has a lot to do with the desensitization of whatever you fucking say, but, you know, just basically being the 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 hard <laughs> Yeah, it's a hard <laughs> <word>. <laughs> I mean, um, the following day, we watch a barefooted man in his garden as he shows off his gun and taps his feet to the loud Oompa Loompa music. It's Germany, after all, so we're going to get a lot of that. <laughs> Oompa Loompa um, music. <laughs> well, now, you know, so, so hold on. I'm sorry, again, I mean, I don't, I don't need to keep, like, going on the scene, but, like, I, I, and again, here we do have another movie in which, you know, in, in past films that we've had, you know, where, where we do have an actual live animal uh, being killed, you know, yeah. and, uh, right. you know, I know yeah. that's something... Yeah. Yeah, the little bunny rabbit. The little, the little bunny rabbit. Yeah, they got, I guess, a real uh, rabbit, not wrangler, but I guess a rabbit breeder, and uh, you know, showing, showing, I guess, how mm-hmm. he essentially is is going to to take care of them. You know, and that's never a uh, like I don't know about any of you guys, but like I don't know, I don't know if you look. I, well, I know the dean, I believe, was there when he saw his pig get slaughtered for the pig roast. Um, I know you didn't partake in slaughtering the pig, but but I don't know what you know what, what method did they use for that when, when that happened. Thank you, you, know, you thank know. you for your input. All right. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> Whacking off, he's watching necromancy again. Um, yeah. so like, we're talking, Rubbing one out. We were talking. We were talking about the scene with the uh, with the with the rabbit being slaughtered and, and you know how it was done yeah. and everything. And I was just bringing up, you know, like I, I don't know how many of the guys have been like, you know, privy or witness to something like that. Uh, but with you, right, when you had the pig roast at your house, you saw your pig get slaughtered, right? I did not. I did not see the pig get slaughtered. I would go. So the first, uh, so we did that party for five years, and the first four years, uh, there was a butcher that I would go to at the outdoor uh, Italian market on South 9th Street in Philadelphia, where you can just walk in the door, talk to a butcher, and say, hey, I would like to get a 35-pound pig, and I'll pick it up on this date, and you make your deposit and whatever. Uh, the final year, I did actually get it from a farm and slaughterhouse in Marlboro, Morganville, uh, by like the corner of Lloyd Road in 79. And, uh, you know, but even still, like I went in and then a week later, I like it was prepared. Like I didn't watch it actually happen. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, okay. I, I don't know, for some reason, I thought yeah, I remember yeah. like it was, there was like, I, for some reason, I thought I remember like you had, you even might have had the ability to be the one to do it for some reason. But uh, I might be thinking so, something else. Do, do, do you remember Kyle, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. From Richmond, that's that's what he yeah that's that's what he did didn't he? Uh, well, no, he he that's not what he like did for work, but he also is a big cooking person. Uh, you know, what, had had a financial stake uh, in 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 a pig where he was going to be there for the slaughter and then be there for like the breaking it down <laughs> and butchering to all the different parts. <laughs> Sorry. So. Uh, there was a possibility that I was going to be a, a partner 
with him on a pig and take part in that process, but it, it never came to pass. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm. Okay, well, so, so my whole point of this whole thing was, is, you know, so, so watching this on screen, right, like I actually did at one point, I, I did actually witness something like this happen with, uh, with a friend of mine in, in Manalapan, whose family owned a farm. Uh, and, you know, know you're over, talking over about. the years, so over the years, you know, this person, a kid, you know, me being a kid from New York, this this kid introduced me to things like, hey, you know, five o'clock in the morning, my dad bagged a deer. Do you want to watch us gun it? You know, shit like that. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, I do. You know, I ain't never seen no shit like that before. <laughs> but, you know, like I do remember one of the few times like feeling bad about watching something, they had a cow. And they were putting the cow down. And the method that they put the cow down was actually the exact method that they used for this rabbit. They, they, they speared the throat to bleed it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you see with, with the rabbit, it's a small rabbit, right? So they're holding it down. You know, it's, it's a very slow process. You know, so this, because yeah. it's such a small animal, it doesn't take very long. But when you got something the fucking size of a cow... You know, like, it felt like it took fucking forever for this poor fucking thing to just die, you know? And, and like, I remember, like, eating, like, you know, a steak from it, like, at a later point. And, you know, I think I much prefer not fucking knowing the things that I was fucking eating is basically what that came down to, man. (laughs) It it was kind of a drag to see. So seeing seeing it in this movie kind of kind of like reminded me of that and it was like kind of like a bummer it was like fuck man like i hate when they show shit like this but i get it it is yeah, what it is so, it's being professionally you know, done so yeah and you know and, and i and i agree with that on on all counts and you know one of the things because you know when we would when we would prepare uh the pig and the whole process that we would do uh to get it onto the smoker pit in the, in the early wee hours of the morning uh, when we would, you know, I would line that big table that we had in the living room with butcher paper, uh, and we would prepare it and get everything set. And, um, you know, we would, we would like take a moment and like talk to it and like thank it for its sacrifice and honor it for like providing the, the festive joy that it was going to bring so many people. Um, and then we would get, get back on with the business, but no, we didn't actually go through the process of, of dispatching it, uh, you know, on our own, but we did, we did honor, we did honor it, if that makes sense. No, it does. Um, so yeah, like we said in the movie, we have the guy with his gun in the backyard in his garden. And then we see another man looking like Steve Jones with the sex pistols exits his house and picks up a ladder in a wicker basket. His job is to pick apples. A bird flies over the head of the guy with the gun who sees this bird. And then after tossing back a couple more broods, he decides to shoot the bird, but misses and shoots the apple picker through the neck, killing it. So then the man decides to have one more but, beer but again, <laughs> figure out what to do with the body. It's a, beep, it's a BB gun. So it's he's a like, fuck, what do I do? It's a BB gun. It's a, I don't think it's a BB gun is what killed him. I think the fall is what killed him. Not the BB gun. Oh, yeah, the fall is what killed him. The fall is what killed him. Yeah, that's what I always thought. It was yeah, a fall, but, 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 but they show him holding his neck, and there's all this blood running down. Yeah, so like, well, he like must have, you know, hit sure. a fucking master artery or something. 
<laughs> well, remember too, man. Like but, I had, a, I used to have like a real BB gun with the CO2 cartridges and shit. You know what I mean? And that thing could put a hole through a fucking can. You know? So like when we see like the the Red Rider and fucking you know Christmas Story, and they're saying you're gonna shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> you know, like like the BB gun I had as a kid, man. It it could do some damage. You know? I mean, I don't know if it would necessarily break skin, but it would leave some pretty fucking wicked bruises. Yeah. But, so either way, uh, <laughs> this guy is dead. So the guy decides to put his buddy in a wheelbarrow with the smallest fucking blanket ever and just walk him down the fucking road where anybody could possibly see him, but nobody does, and he dumps him into a lake. <clears throat> so and Robert not even a note. Like, like, <laughs> not even a note. Like, hey, nice little old lady who died of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert and the cleaning crew are arriving at the crime scene where a detective is getting out his briefcase cigarettes and tells the men to get to work. The men discover the rotted corpse of apple-picking man in a small lake. And once they arrive back at the agency, Robert is tasked with taking the body away. But since his boss never really told him where exactly to take it, Robert's like, well, I'm just going to take it home. He didn't tell me where to go. So I did take it away. I'm just bringing it home. So he arrives home, and Betty is puzzling and surprised, and that's when they decide to use a chair leg as a cock for this corpse. And Robert watches as Betty puts on a condom onto the chair leg, and she has sex with the corpse while Robert kind of joins in the fun, too. Fun, trying to figure out who has more arm hair, Betty or fucking Robert. The fun game. Oh, play. geez. Yeah. It's very romantic. And, you know, they both, uh, they both and, have a lot. <laughs> and, like, you know, you're saying, like, he tries to, go, you know, join in the fun. It's like, yeah, no, he gets in there, man. You know, it's like, you oh, know, no, he, was, he, 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 he was having fun. Like, he, he, I, I assume like, this, he was enjoying it. Yeah, I assume this was like a, a typical German DP session, you know, like I've seen this video before. Oh, <laughs> It was a lot. You know, except, so, except, when, except when I watched it, you know, like the, the other party was alive, which was more pleasant, you know. You know, here's the thing with this sequence, right? So, and again, obviously, like, I know the premise of this movie. I know that the idea here is that there's going to be this couple. They're into fucking, you know, necrophilia. They want to fuck dead bodies. And, uh, and, and that she's going to leave him and take the body away with her, you know. Like, I know all of this is coming up. <laughs> And yet, here I am at this point of this movie, and I'm sitting here in my living room, and I'm watching this sequence unfold before my eyes. And, you know, I think it was at this moment that, honestly, something in my you brain... You got a boner? Had a, no, something just he got broke. Hard. And, and I, I wish I got hard. No, no I'm just a kid. I, I, no, I definitely didn't wish I got hard. But, you know, I think something I just, just broke in my brain. And, you know, it was at the point that he's licking the fucking eyeball, like, so, so sensually. <laughs> and he's, like, tonguing the fucking thing. And when I tell you, I just oh, yeah. started, like, like when I say laughing, like, I just started laughing like somebody that was sitting in a fucking locked room in a loony bin somewhere. Because I was like, <laughs> like honestly, the only thing that, like, ran through my head at this point was, and this is where I am at this point in my life. I'm watching this fucking movie. I'm watching this man tongue fuck the, the, the eyeball of a fucking slimy ass corpse. And he's going to pop it into his mouth and then spit it fucking back out. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? 
<laughs> and then to make it so even worse, the, the eyeballs were actual pork, like they were actual pig eyeballs <laughs> from a yeah, butcher house. So they were act, so they were actual eyeballs that they're popping in and out of their mouths and stuff like that while this is oh, going yeah. on. Okay, but but ghouls, oh, like you sit there and grab the ghoul gal while while this is going on, going, hey, 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 you got to come check this out. We're gonna get bricked up. Come on, we're gonna watch this scene together. The cool girl tapped out. <laughs> she she was having nothing to do with this movie at all. She, she saw like a, a little bit of the beginning and was like, "Yup, nope, I'm out. Bye." So, <laughs> nope. Definitely, definitely too sexy so, for her. <laughs> too sexy. After the too sex, sexy. the the couple eat together, and we see that the rotted corpse is hung up on the wall, so the excess blood could drip in the carefully placed plates and bowls. The next day at work, all of Robert's coworkers are like, you know what? His fucking clothes stink. He's always late. We don't fucking like him anymore. So we then cut to Betty reading with the corpse laying at her side. Uh oh, the corpse got so horny that it has to go down on her. Give her some of that oral. Uh, I don't know how that works because it has no more tongue, but it, it works somehow. And after it's over, Maybe. Robert comes home and he's like, I got fired from my job, which angers Betty. Where else are we going to get the corpses now? So Betty takes Your action and leaves him and takes the corpse with her. So Robert comes home with yeah, a cat. Yeah, because she... But but about hold on, hold on back up back up back up because she's pissed because she's like where are we gonna get more corpses look at this one he's exactly, rotting yeah. he's not gonna last forever <laughs> nope they need more corpses they're necrophiliacs so they need the next one so she decides to take their friend with her Robert comes home with a cat and it's like oh well this is gonna end well he's bringing home a live cat so Robert decides to pull an organ out from a formaldehyde puts it on a plate. And then lights Betty's picture on fire before shoving the cat into a trash bag and Jason Voorhees, that fucking cat, a la Friday the 13th, Part 7, <laughs> bashing the shit out of him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not going to lie, man. I'm not going to lie. There's been times when my, cat to pull, my cats have pulled shit off in the fucking house that, you know, this, this I have entertained the very thought of what he did to that fucking cat. I look at my cats and I'm like, you guys are so lucky. You're, you know what, bitch? You push that fucking glass over one more time, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> I'm going to rob the shit out of you. <laughs> so Robert then lies in a bathtub naked for a while. He then gets bored and decides to give himself a bloodbath thanks to the dead cat he has laying above the tub on the shelf. And that's when later he decides to go see a movie and have a beer, which the movie looks like the laziest slasher movie you could ever see. But at least it's mixed with Terry McMinn's screams from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and also Olga Carlotto's from Fulci Zombie. So this director took yeah, both those yep. screams, put them in the fucking movie, <laughs> and you could tell which one's Terry's and which one's Olga's, and it's fucking great. Because I love the fucking killer putting the fucking knife in her mouth and like, hold on a second. <laughs> and ripping open her shirt and she's like, okay, you can have it back now. Oh, you're gonna stab me! Oh, no, that sucks. So, <laughs> and it, and, again, and it's, know you know the movie the, the the movie they're trying to make here is like you know they're trying to be all giallo with it the, you know all Italian oh, you know yes. they ooh I'm yep. sitting there you know Stopping trying to rub the knife all over you all oh, sexy and all this kind of stuff I was like oh my god it's like you know it was like they were just like well I couldn't tell if like they were trying to pay homage to giallos or they were making fun of them because. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the movie itself too has like like the theater and everything about it very much has like that New York X-rated theater vibe about it. You know, like you wouldn't be oh, surprised yeah. if you know those chicks like you know the, the chicks are getting all hot and bothered watching the fucking thing. They're all trying to like get with their oh, yeah. guys at that point. You know what I mean? And it's like. Damn, you know, you know one of them has got a guy's dick out fucking give him a handy, man, because what else are you going to do at that point? Oh, there's going to be a blowjob at a certain point. <laughs> but Robert decides it's kind of like too much. Right? I've so seen that leaves. movie. <clears throat> yeah, so Robert goes home, and he watches the moon turn into a skull, and then he's like, you know what, I need to go to sleep. I'm going to pop some pills, drink some whiskey. He's following my way of going to sleep. That's how I go to sleep every night, pop some pills, Drink a half a whiskey, and I'm fucking passed out. No wakey wakey for Andy until morning, even if I have to work. So that's my method, guys. It works. Try it sometime. It's wonderful. I don't recommend it. Please don't. Please don't. I don't want to get any emails. I get tried to write. It fucking sucked. This guy's the only drink I got you. Anyway, Robert has a dream where he's partially decayed body. In a field, and a girl shows up in white, finds him. She gives him a box which contains a human head, and they walk off together with Robert. What's, oh, the what's in the box? The, ah. so, <laughs> the head somehow transforms into a skinned animal body, which he gleefully fucking whips around his fucking head like it's a fucking bow at a drag show. He's like, Hell yeah. <laughs> 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 it's it's yes, nuts, Robert. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert eventually wakes up during the night and goes out looking for a sex worker. He makes a deal with one of them to go have sex in the cemetery because does. all the other girls are like, yeah, no, that's too much. That's too much. We don't want it. So he pulls up the one girl and she's like, all right, that'll cost you extra. So they go out into the cemetery where Robert unsuccessfully tries to have sex with her. And that's when the sex worker <laughs> makes fun of him. And they're like, you can't even get it up, bitch. And he's like, What'd you say? And he strangles her to death, and now he has a heart on because now he can fuck her because she's dead. It's the only way he can have sex. Gotta be dead. Hey, <laughs> and you know, we see gotta have your standards. Fuck her. <laughs> so, and then instead of being like, "Oh shit, I just fucked and I came and now I'm feeling good, I get to hide the body," he just falls asleep in the cemetery with the the sex worker's body next to him. So, oh yeah, that's in the arms of the yeah, in the arms of love, you know. <laughs> What can you say? Yeah, <laughs> and so and he wakes up the next day. We, I just threw the body next to him. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. And, and yeah, and I was gonna say, like, you know, when he wakes up the next day, all of a sudden I got like these flashbacks to American Werewolf in London. You know, when he, when he <laughs> in the zoo, when he's got all the balloons around him. <laughs> that man took my balloons. Fucking <laughs> see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, God, that fucking movie, man. When he starts turning into the werewolf, and he's like, I'm sorry, I called you hamburger meat, man. Like, yeah. As he's turning into the fucking wolf. Like, it's so good. <laughs> uh, never, uh, another movie that can never be replicated, American Wolf and London. Um, <clears throat> so the next day, uh, Robert wakes up, and the dead girl's next to him, and then we see an old man that works for the cemetery show up. He finds Robert and sex worker, and he's like, oh, my fucking God. And Robert's like, no, nope, got your shovel. And fucking cuts off the top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 okay. 
Well, I was not Got expecting that. <laughs> like, I, when he swung the shovel, I was expecting, like, all right, he's going to hit the guy. You know, the guy's going to – I was expecting something along the lines of what we saw earlier with the BB gun scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So for him to take off the fucking top of the guy's head, you see the tongue, like, flopping <laughs> around in there. I was fucking dying. Like, I was laughing so hard. I was like, you know, like, the, the cool girl happened to, like, walk in at that point. I was like, how could you not oh, love no. this movie? Look at that right there, you know? Look at his tongue around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was not expecting him to go trauma territory. The way that it happened, you see the blood in the boots and half his fucking head missing. And Robert's like, oh, shit, got to go. So he decides to go for a frolic in the fucking meadows. I fucking love it. He's like, "Wee! The hills are alive with fucking necrophilia!" Oh, this is what I was, I, was the, I was singing the fucking sounds of music at this point. The hills, right? <laughs> yeah. Just having so much fucking fun, frolicking through the meadows before returning to his apartment, where he's like, "Well, this movie's gonna end somehow." <laughs> He decides to grab a butcher knife <laughs> and lay in bed and pull his fucking gigantic cock out, which is fully engorged, and then starts stabbing himself to death while he comes fattens of fucking cum. Like, man, I was like, that guy. I was like, I've never come that hard my entire life. This guy's like a fucking goddamn soda fountain. Whoop, whoop, there's my cum. Like, and then it starts to turn into blood, and I was like, okay, there we go. Now he's dying now. <laughs> That's it. No more cum, now there's just blood. But what a fucking <laughs> great one. <laughs> one of the greatest fucking endings of fucking any horror movie I've ever seen. His fucking dick just fucking coming as he stabs himself. Like, how could you not love this? If you're a horror fan, come on, man. <laughs> you got to uh, fucking be like, man. I was, yeah, I was kind of like in shock at that point, too. You know, like, it was like I, I, I saw, like, the. Uh, the state, you know, him obviously killing himself and whatnot occurring. You know, I was like, all right, this, this is how the guy's going to end it. But, uh, yeah, when his, his, his giant dick started, like, blowing mad fucking loads, <laughs> like, it, yeah. it, it reminds me of, like, out. this, this, this uh, scene. There's, uh, like, an entire, like, porn uh, genre, essentially, of, like, you know, of movies in which they they use fake like cum, yeah. Oh yeah. In which they, like, you know, that's you a can, lot of nuts. You, you can hear them like pumping the shit in the background, like you know, and like you're talking like gobs and gobs, like dudes blowing loads that literally like coat a girl's fucking head. Greasy gobs of greasy grimy gopher guts. Exactly, you know, like coating her fucking head as if like she had a thing of mayonnaise dumped on top of her. Um, and I hate those fucking scenes. I really do. You know, like I, I like the real deal. Like if I want to see something, man, I want to see a girl covered in cum. I want to see her fucking covered in cum. I want like real fucking dudes blowing their loads up in her shit. Um, so like mm-hmm. watching this we, guy, we apologize like, to the monkey's employer. Yes, indeed. So, so what happens? You know, sometimes we talk about. Please don't fire him. He's good. So, like, it's like, all right, this guy first he's spurting these giant fucking like streams, man. You know, so what they call this in the industry, he's throwing ropes. Yeah, you know, so he's throwing throwing ropes, dropping loads. 
you know, fucking come everywhere. But then the <laughs> blood starts spurting out too. And man, that just made me cry a little on the inside. I'm like, dude, if that ever fucking happens to me, you better stab me like this motherfucker right here and just let it fucking be quick, okay? Because if I start blowing loads of blood, I just want to die, man, because that means something is wrong on the inside and my pee-pee's not going to work anymore. Well, I think you're dying anyway if you start coming fucking blood. I think you're on the way out anyway. I think that's the final moments. <laughs> you know, if I'm ever jacking up and all of a sudden blood comes out, I'm like, well, I'm dying. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about it. Like, this is it, guys. <laughs> Hopefully it was a good scene I watched. <laughs> you know, but Stacey Starr does a lot of those fucking scenes. I don't know, Google, if you know Stacey Starr. She does a lot of yeah, those yeah, fucking yeah. jerk-off scenes. Where Dude, she's like, yeah, she does a yeah. lot of those, uh, jerk it. she does the, uh, the mom and aunt shit with that other chick. I know Stacey Starr very well. Yes, yes, Rachel Steele. Indeed. She's always yeah, an aunt. They, they do a lot of the seven mill shit, but yeah, it's always like, oh, we're going to jerk you off, and it's like a fucking fountain. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> That's fake. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much. Dude, like, there's you know, the one scene with her and Rachel Steele in which Rachel Steele comes over and tells her and her son, like, she's got, like, some kind of document that shows, like, they, like, they, like, killed the father or some shit. And she's her sister. That she's, like, <laughs> yeah. she's like, I want you to suck your son's dick. And, like, you know, like, the, scene yeah. starts, the, scene, the scene starts going on. I was like, wow, by the power of the um, I've got the power. <laughs> but, but there was like the, the one part of it where she she like looks up at him and she's like, you better not like this. I'm your mother. <laughs> You're my son. And I'm just like, oh my god, she's putting this wiener in her mouth. <laughs> and then I came. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, yeah, you have to at that moment. Yeah, there was the other one with uh, Raylene and um, Zoe Holloway, where it was like Zoe Holloway was a fucking aunt, and she's like, oh my god, like your husband likes me like that. He likes me, and like. Yeah, and then they fucking have sex, and it's all POV shots. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, Rustin's coming so hard. She's like, that's what he does. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> uh, I love fucking Seth porn. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Robert, of course, dies from his wounds. And in the end of the movie, we cut to Robert's grave, where a woman in high heels appears and buries a shovel into the dirt. Who is she? We don't know in this movie, but you'll find out in 1991 when Necromantic 2 was released. Who exactly this phantom woman is? Bum, bum, bum. I, I, I assumed part. it was and his wife. Yeah, nope, I thought the same it thing. Not. It's, same. It is not. His wife does show up in Necromantic 2. She does show up, but it's actually a woman that's very much obsessed with Robert, and she wants to have his corpse to make love to and she's a nurse with an obsession with necrophilia. So 1991 like I said, it's, it's better than necrophiliacs but... in the same neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, imagine Ed Gein fucking seeing this movie before he died. He died in 84. Imagine if he made it to 88 and he had seen necrophilia, you know, necromantic. It's a good movie. <laughs> 
I was doing it before you guys. <laughs> I was doing it long in the 50s. <laughs> I kept thinking about that. I was like, imagine Ed Gein watching fucking Necromancer. It's like, this is a good movie. It's probably real life. <laughs> I have a lot of bodies in my house. <laughs> but, so, yeah, again, Necromantic, it's, it's a movie. If you're looking for something different, I always recommend it to people because it's, it's just fun. Like, it's just dirty, disgusting fun. Um, you know, and the sequel, like I said, I, I recommend it for the first one. Um, I know, Dean, you are not going to be available for next week, so we're going to do a little switcheroo. I'm going to do next week. You'll do the week after. Uh, so for my pick next week, boys. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is, is uh, that what we're doing? We're, we're, we're switching uh, picks where yeah. I'm going to have my pick the week after? You're going to yes. swap. That's what I want to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh-huh. next week. So pick, pick swap. We're gonna oh. do a little bit of a we're gonna do a mom swap. Oh. <laughs> so this isn't gonna mess up the rotation, you know, right? We're gonna go back to the usual no, rotation. No, after we're, that? no, we're we're, yeah. we're good, man. We're, 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 yeah, you just after that. So yeah. Yeah. We've, we've done okay. this before. Well, no, man. don't no, don't no, don't don't say I'm doing it after you guys do a swap. Okay, I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping into getting the sloppy no. second or fourth after you guys do. I'm going to do next week. Swaps. I'm going to do next week. I, I know. Do the following week. Just, so uh, making sure we're all straight because we're going to fucking do the episode. <laughs> anyway, okay. you're all and I'm going to be in my normal position. Which at this point, you know. Dean last notice said he couldn't be on the show next week. He wanted me to swap and do a pick for next week. So real quickly had to find one. And then I did because luckily I have Shudder and I love it. So I'm going to talk about a movie next week from the 70s, 1977 to be exact, called Death Game, directed by Peter S. Trainer. Um, it was remade as Knock Knock by Eli Roth, which starred Keanu Reeves. But it's about two seductress women that show up on a man's doorstep one night and they decide to fuck with him after fucking him. So we're going to talk about some sex. We're going to talk about some mind games. And we're going to talk about Death Game from 1977. Oh, we're keeping, oh, we're keeping the sexiness. Yo, King, it's no lie. It's got Colleen this Camp. Was, it's, the, the movie with Keanu Reeves, the remake of this, I was going to pick that like a month ago or two months ago. Yeah. No shit. Very cool. So Very we're going to talk cool. about well, the, the original. Yeah, we're going to talk about the OG. Yeah, we're going to talk about the OG with Sandra Locke, who was famously married to Queen Eastwood and had a lot of fucking problems with him towards the end. And also yeah. Colleen Campbell from the Quiz Academy 2 and Clue. So we're going to be talking about Death Game next week. It's available on Shutter. Uh, Monkey, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. But So that is my pick for next week, uh, Exploitation 1977. We're going to have some fun next week. So anyway, I was uh, Dean, thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you when you come back in two weeks. All right. Oh, that's great. Thank I'll you. be looking forward to it. I do have. I do. I will. I will send it in a message. I. I already even know what my pick is going to be, but I will send it for you for next week, and uh, we will. We will go from there. So uh, have fun with your discussion next week. I'm sorry, I will not be able to partake, uh, but I'll be looking forward to my return in, in just a week after. The return of the day. And hey, Dean, you might, you might not be a part of the show next week, but definitely check out Death Game on on Shutter. I think you'll like it. So. Let us know what you think. But either way, uh, Monkey, uh, it is your time to sign off. So, it's your time to shine. Thanks for listening. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode of Talking Terror and letting us come everywhere, baby. Good night, everybody. No <laughs> blood. No blood. We all come. <laughs> no, no, bloody come. No, no, no. Glock, glock, glock. All right, Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself monkey, off? Monkey, Get that out of your mouth. <laughs> hey, <everybody>. <laughs> <laughs> Stay sexy. Stay scared. <laughs> and we got plenty more sex to bring to you next week as we talk about 1977's Death Game. Really looking forward to it. Like the Ghoul said, he wanted to pick Knock Knock for his pick, so we're going to cover the first one. And then eventually, he can pick Knock, knock. And then we compared it to. That's what we always do. You see the original, and then you watch the remake, and you're like, which one's better? I don't know. I think Death Game is better, but we will find out once the ghoul picks that. And as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Indy G. Thanking you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. We'll see you back here next week for Death Game. Hail your mama. <laughs>